Hello, this is Reverend Erehe I'm glad to come to you through this medium. As you listen to the word of God today, I pray that you will be impacted, your life will be transformed, and you experience God. Kingdom blessings. We receive the showers of blessings. We receive abundance of rain. Let it pour as you have promised. We receive the showers of love. Let it pour as you have promised, oh God. We receive the showers of love. Sing, we receive it. Receive it like you in this place tonight. Sing, let it fall. As you have said in your word, that we receive it. The showers of love. Sing, let it fall. For the faith to receive tonight, abundance of grace. Lord, let it pour. Just as you said in your word, we receive it all, God. God, we receive it. The showers of love. See you. 
Somebody give it up to the Lord. Somebody give it up to the Lord. Good evening, Open Heavens Temple. What an honor, what a pleasure to be here. Day number two of our assignment. Okay, so we're going to, we're going to get into the word. Let me do a very quick recap. Um, we started this journey about dreams. Somebody say dreams. Say it again, dreams. And we established that dreams are the blueprints that God Almighty uses to shape your destiny. The dreams and the visions, they guide us, they shape us into destiny. And all through scriptures, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, you see people who had dreams, and those dreams shaped something in their lives. It's very important. And for every human being born into this world, you carry something on the inside of you that we have to talk about. And uh, our our... Case study was the man called Joseph. Somebody say Joseph. Say like your mouth belongs to you. Joseph was a dreamer. And uh, we read from Genesis chapter number 37. So please, let's look at Genesis chapter number 37. If you are 20, if you are 20 years and above, just open your Bible to Genesis 37. If you are 20 years and below, turn on your tablet to Genesis chapter 37. It's a generational thing. Verse number 12, Genesis 37, and I also acknowledge our friends and family worshiping online. You are in the cyber sanctuary, please concentrate, and uh, let's go from there. Genesis chapter 37, verse number 12, the Bible says, uh, my Bible has run away. 
verse number 12, Genesis 37. The Bible says, Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So he said to him, Here I am. Then he said to him, Please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks, and bring word back word to me. So he sent him out of the valley of Hebron, and he went to Shechem. Now a certain man found him, and there he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What are you seeking? Told you that one of the most powerful things anybody can ask you is, What are you seeking? The reason why sometimes people struggle in life is because they haven't found what they are looking for. I want to say it again. The reason why people struggle, the reason why sometimes people are careless in life is because you haven't found what you are looking for. Once you discover what you are looking for, discipline comes with it. Please tell me where they are feeding. Verse number 17, the man said, they've departed from here, for I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. Now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. And they said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. Or here comes the dreamer. That is you. Somebody say, that is me. Come therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we will say some wild beasts have devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dream. So every conspiracy against you is not what you are wearing. Remember, Joseph's father had given him a coat of many colors. But they never talked about the coat of many colors. They wanted to kill him because of the dream, not the colors. So people's eyes are on you, not because of what you wear or what you drive. But it's what you carry on your inside. Very important. Never forget that. Most of the attacks that come your way. Listen, pirates, pirates, they don't go after empty ships. I wrote in my notes, they will be quiet and stare at me, but that's fine. <laughs> Pirates don't go after. I, I just came to offload some things into your spirit. Very important. If you don't say amen, if you don't shout till after this, I'll still be okay. Because I want, to, I want something to get into yours. I want to agitate you. I want you to know that you are, you are worth more than people see. Amen. You are a possibility with a capital P. Amen. You defy the ability of anything to explain. Father, speak your word to us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Joseph was sent by his father. And the Bible says that when he was coming, they said, here comes the dreamer. Let us kill him. Let us put him in a pit. And let's go and tell our father that some beasts have devoured him. And we shall see what will happen to his dream. Which means... What they were after was the dream that was in Joseph. Anytime he dreamed and he told the brothers, the Bible says that they were agitated. And I'm going to tell you some people that you must never share your dreams with. Because they will kill that dream on the inside of you. I like it when the prophet said that when you meet people, something, your baby must sleep. I, I thank God for pastor. The, the song. Something on your inside must, must, must happen. Something must be... So, so, something must agitate you on your inside. I told you about Rebecca yesterday that the reason why there was a violent struggle was because there were two nations in, the, in her womb. Please listen to me. You are not a nobody. I told you yesterday that the fact that you are going through anything does not negate the fact that God has placed some things on the inside of you. 
And that thing must find expression. That thing must come out from the inside of you. Let me tell you, you are not an unusual human being. You are an unusual person. There's something about you that must defy the ability of anybody to explain away. I want you to walk through this life. When you wake up in the morning, have it on your inside that you are not ordinary. You are not like anybody else. It's amazing how the Lord would use some, some, some words on us, call us some things, and yet we act differently. He tells us we are light and we, we think we are darkness. He tells us we are salt and we think we are nothing. You are something. Listen, when God was creating, he only had to speak. But when he was redeeming, he had to bleed. That is how important you are. Oh, you, you didn't hear me. That is how, I, I want somebody to capture that. I want somebody to capture that. That there's something on the inside of you. What, what you are on the outside is nothing. It, it, it bothers me, man of God, when we spend all our lives just investing on our outside and we don't invest on our inside. I determined one time, I determined some years ago when I was in the UK that I would read one book every week. One book every week. And every year, at least, I read 52 to 60 books every year. Every year. And one time I told some people, never buy a television that is bigger than your bookshelf. I know your people won't mind me. I don't mind them. <laughs> Whatever you are thinking about me, I'm thinking the same thing about you. So, <laughs> But listen, you have... <laughs> I, 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 I don't see how I, I, I want... I want somebody to capture what I'm telling you tonight. If you get that revelation, you will never allow anybody to look down on you. No, 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 no. You never allow anybody to look down on you. You, you are loaded. There's something on the inside of you. You are not like any other person. One of the saddest scriptures that I ever read in the Bible was in the book of Judges when Samson was on the last of Delilah and Delilah was looking for the secret of Samson's strength. She was looking for the thing and Samson began to talk and said that when you shave the seven locks on my head, he said that when you take it then I will lose my strength and I will be like any other person. Let me tell you, Samson was not a giant. He was not imposing. If he was imposing, then the things he did wouldn't surprise anybody. Samson looked ordinary, but when the thing came upon him, he became an amazing person. That is exactly who you are. If you know who God has made you, you will never fear a witch in your life. If you know what God has made you, ladies and gentlemen, you will never back away from any challenge. If you know what you carry, you will never allow anybody to put some last full stops and things on your life. No, you, you are a miracle in motion. God is working on you. He hasn't finished with you, but he's working on you. You may, be, you may not be everything that you are going to be, but at least you are not what you used to be. Every day you are improving. Every day you are becoming better. There's something on the inside of you. Let me tell you, declare that I am unusual. Say, I am unusual. Say it one more time. Say, I am unusual. Listen, when I talk about you are unusual, I'm not saying you are abnormal. But what I'm saying is that what happens to other people does not determine what happens to you. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said, what happens to other people does not determine what happens to me. Because I am unusual. I am a different human being. The hand of the Lord is upon me. How many of you agree with me that 90-year-old women don't give birth to children? But for God Almighty to do a miracle in the life of, I, in the life of Abraham, God invaded the womb of a 90-year-old woman, and out of that dead womb came Isaac, which is laughter. Tonight, I make a declaration over somebody. People may have given up on you, but there is laughter coming out of you. I said, there is laughter coming out of you. You carry something on the inside. You carry a baby. There's a miracle. It's crying out for expression. 
How many of you will agree with me, ladies and gentlemen, that rivers don't open for people to walk through? How many of you agree? But when it comes to the case of Joshua, the Bible says that in, uh, the Moses, the Bible says that the rest he opened for Moses and they walked through dry ground. Why? Because what happens to other people does not happen to, uh, to is not going to happen to you because you are a different person. You and I know that walls don't fall down when people shout at the walls. But when Joshua came to the walls of Jericho, the Bible says that the walls fell down because what happens to other people cannot happen to you. You and I know, ladies and gentlemen, that people don't go into lion's dens and come out. But when Daniel went into the lion's den, something came upon Daniel. And the lions were quiet and Daniel came out. And when Daniel was going up, his enemies were coming down. Let me declare over somebody that whoever has conspired against you, as you are coming up, they are coming down. You are not ordinary. What happens to them? That's not inform what happens to us. All of us can go into the lion's den, but I don't know how they will come out, but I know that I will come out. Prophet, you know the amazing thing? When they got into the, into the fairy furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Bible says that the king himself came, and he had, for me in the Old Testament, that is one of the greatest revelations of the Son of God anybody had. He said, he called his people and said, it looks like I'm having double vision. He said, are there not three people that we put in the fire? And they said, yes, but he said, count. And he said, I see a fourth man who is like the son of God. An unbeliever was saying that there's somebody in there. But you know, for me, that doesn't concern me because God does have... But what interests me in the story is that when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out, the fourth man didn't come out. And I asked myself, why? Because he knows that in 2023, somebody from open heavens will go in to a fire. So he stayed in the fire to wait for you. That is why in spite of everything that you have been through, the fourth man is still with you. In spite of all the things they said about you, you are still here. So whatever happens to them cannot happen to me. Every day of your life, say to yourself, I am not like anybody else. I carry a dream. There's something on the inside of me. You see, what, what? I, 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 just, I just feel something. You know, the wise man said to us that there are four things that are a seedless one, yet they are wise. God, when God wanted to teach us wisdom, he didn't send us to the elephant or to the huge animals. He said, go to the ant. Go to the rock badger. Go to the locust. But of those four creatures, the ones that really touched me, Pastor Emmett, was the last one, the spider. Because he talks about the ant, a people not strong. And, and, and yet they prepare their food in the summer. He talks about the rock badger. They, are, they, are, they, they don't have strong legs and yet they hide in the cracks of the rock. He talks about the locusts that, you know, they can propel. But it gets to the spider. And the Bible says, this is the only one of the four creatures that it, the Bible talks about its destiny. It finds itself in king's palaces. There's no way that you go in this world that there are no spiders. There are spiders in the White House. There are spiders in, no, there are spiders in, in, in Buckingham, I was going to say Julius, I don't know. But there are spiders in, in Buckingham Palace. Everywhere you go, the spiders, they bypass security in White House and they are in the White House. Spiders, how did they get there? The only creature, listen to me, listen. That is why you must even tell yourself that you are a spider. The only creature that God created, that everything in it is on its inside. If the spider wants to build, the web comes from its inside. It doesn't need external things. 
And the Bible is telling you that learn from the spider. You are like that. That is how your destiny will go forward. There's something on the inside of you. The spider doesn't need external building materials. The building material is on its inside. The spider, it, 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 it can catch, it can catch a, prey, a prey with its own house. It feeds itself. And that is who you are. You carry something. You are a carrier of a dream. So tonight, I just want to expose you to something. Because please hear me. I hope I'm doing well. Manu. Listen to me, people. Listen to me. One of the greatest gifts that God will ever give to you is the gift of exposure. It's the gift of exposure. You know why I'm telling you that? Listen, don't be satisfied with being a village champion. You know, there are people who are in the village and they think they are really tough. Until they go to the city and they see their lies. They say, hey, don't be a village champion. <laughs> Somebody say exposure. <laughs> Prof, just look at this thing. Simon Peter. Simon Peter, you know he reminds me of me. He really reminds me of me. I think we are twins. Because anytime you see Simon Peter, he's either in trouble, going into trouble, or just coming out of trouble. <laughs> and Simon Peter was a fisherman. Man of God. All his life, he has fished on water. There was not one day that this man ever thought that he could walk on water. Because ordinarily, people don't walk on water. Until one day, he saw his mentor walking on water. Exposure. Jesus exposed him to the possibility that, listen, there's something that you don't think is possible, but I want to show you it's possible. And so Jesus exposed Simon Peter. And Simon Peter looked at the man and said, is it you, my mentor? And Jesus said, yes. And said, then let me do the same thing. And Jesus said, come. And for the first time in recorded human history, a man apart from Jesus also walked on water. Why? Because he saw his mentor doing the same thing. That is why you must have people that expose you. Because once you get exposed, one of the greatest blessings God will give to you, when he exposes you to a person, a, pe a people, a place, or a thing. Because once you get exposed, you will never be unexposed. All you need, the sad thing is that many times when God blesses us with exposure to a great person, we mismanage it. We mismanage it with jealousy. We mismanage it with too much talk. The reason why great people are dying and carrying their wisdom and their, grave to their, and, and, and their gift to their grave is because they can't have people who can manage information. I told you yesterday that you talk too much. And great people don't answer questions that nobody asks. So many sometimes when you get around great people, listen, stop asking for things. And start asking for information. They tell us that when you teach a man, when you give a man a fish, you are fed him for a day. But when you teach him how to fish, you are fed him for life. I stood before my church and I told them, I will not, feed, I will not teach you how to I, want you to, I want to teach you how to own the whole lake. Own the whole lake. And it's yours. Let people fish for you. But listen, there's something on the inside of you. I want to provoke that thing. And we began to talk about three components and I want, I want to finish tonight. Listen, yesterday we talked about the fact that there must be a carrier of a dream. And you are a carrier of a dream. There's something that is on the inside of you. When you were born, when the announcement was made that a girl or a boy has been born. Listen, you are not born empty. You were born and loaded with a dream. 
That is what keeps you alive. That is what makes you different from somebody else. That is what, that is what drives you. That is what won't let you sleep in the night. Somebody's dream must not be your dream. You must carry a dream on your inside. Joseph's dream drove him on. There's a price that you pay for a dream. That's why your people are quiet. I wrote here that they'll be quiet. Don't worry. It must be a carrier of a dream. Amen. And I told you that when you carry a dream, Please, make sure you guard that dream. You can't share your dream with everybody. There are people who clap for you, but honestly, they want you dead. They have seen you in their minds. You're already lying in the casket. You must know. Then protect yourself from offense. Let me give you the next two. Then the, the second component for manifesting your dreams is that there must be the right people around you. You need the right people in your space, ladies and gentlemen. To birth that dream. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, listen, open heavens, listen online, church. You must catch a revelation of something called the power of relationships. One of the greatest inventions that humanity ever made were ships. Ships carry cargo. Ships carry passengers. Ships carry armies to go and prosecute wars. Ships are very important. But the greatest and the most important ship you ever sail in is relationship or friendship or fellowship. It's very important. The dream that is on the inside of you is so big that you will not be able to birth it alone. You need people in your life. I know that because I'm a very private person. Listen, you, are not a, you need somebody in your life. God creates, God creates on, on, in, in, in six days he sits back says, it is good, it is good, it is good. He finishes on, and he, on the sixth day, he says, it's very good. And he rested on the seventh. Then he comes back to say, it is not good. Genesis 2, 18. It is not good that the man should be alone. I know this is a scripture, we have applied it to marriage, I mean, forever. But let me suggest to you that it is not just a marriage scripture. It's a kingdom revelation scripture. We have narrowed it. It's not, it's not my, my, listen. When God was saying that, he wasn't talking about marriage. He was talking about relationship. Let me tell you, at that time when God said that, man of God, Adam had God. And if you have God to yourself, who again do you need? There are people like that. I am mean, I only God. I don't need anybody. Take your thing. Take your God. That's why you are, you are depressed. Listen. God said it is not good for the man to... It was a kingdom thing. He's teaching us that aloneness can't get you very far. That was the first time the, the Bible says something is not good. Every other thing before then is good, is good, is good, is very good. Then God says it is not good. Technically, God... Adam had God. He was not alone. But again, please hear me. Being with God alone is not enough to birth a dream. God, the Bible says that, and the Lord God made... Somebody suitable for Adam. Now let me be, let me be bold tonight. And look at this thing. God didn't make another Adam. God didn't, God didn't create Adam and Steve. Why do I say that? Because Adam and Adam have no ability to reproduce. So God had to make somebody different. In order for Adam to be able to reproduce with that person. And I said that to say this. 
that as long as you only hang around people who look just like you, you will never be productive. I hope you are getting what I'm talking about. So, look, you see, people are always only comfortable with people who talk like them, who are from their tribe, who are from this and this. I told you yesterday that your greatest hurt is not what somebody did to you, but who you didn't discover. There's somebody, your, your miracle, your breakthrough could be sitting with you, right? Don't look at the person. Don't look. Look at me. Your, your breakthrough could be sitting beside you, but you don't see it. Because we are so prejudiced in our minds. Listen, you must learn to cross-pollinate. You must learn to... Con- uh, when we were growing up as charismatics, one of the things they did was they contained us. You see, one of the enemy's greatest tricks is containment. Don't talk to these people. Don't go here. They are dead people. Me, the books I read, I, had, I, I, I hardly read charismatic people's books. Here's the... I finish it cover to cover. But there are a lot of them, you pick up the book and it's not even where the paper the thing is printed on. Sometimes a book of 10 chapters is only one chapter. That is important. But the man wanted 10, so he put nine pages of nonsense, nine chapters of nonsense. Just to waste your time. I'm a reader, so I know. I know books. I read them like I'm crazy. On, on, my, on my iPad, I've got over 3,000 books. Oh, yes, I started rebuilding my whole library again digitally. And I've bought over 3,000. And I've read them. I've read them. Listen, sometimes all you need is information, just information. The world's leaders are the world's readers. And the one who cannot read is better than the one who will not read. I know I'm troubling your people. <laughs> I know. This one is different. That's why he brought different people. For me, I just do my assignment and go. Because I want to provoke somebody. Learn to cross point. They contain us. Then, man of God, I realized. Then I want to... A, a, a Baptist seminary in the UK, Spurgeon Seminary. Then I began to learn Hebrew and I began to learn Greek. Then I said to myself, oh, somebody has lied to me. Somebody has been lying to me. It's exposure. I told you about this. You know my friend um, Ron Carpenter Jr. He has a church of about 15,000 people. Very close friend of mine. And he said he was a pastor's son. All his life, his pastor has, his father had pastored little, little churches in Georgia. Backwoods, you know, little, 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 little churches in Georgia. So in his mind, he said the biggest church his father ever pastored was 50 people. So in his mind, 50 was mega church. And he was in college, Emmanuel College, and he played the drums. And one summer, they went on tour of all places. Then they went to Florida, Castrader's Church, the Capitol's home church. That was the first mega church building built in America. 5,000 seater. He said he was asleep. He was asleep on the bus when they got to the compound. So when they got there, he woke up. Somebody woke up and says, where are we? And they said, we are at a church. He said, no, no, it's not a church. Where are we? Because in his mind, a church that is big is 50. And so when he walked into the auditorium and he realized that this was a 5,000-seater church, he said to himself, somebody has been lying to me all my life. That thing worked something on the inside of him. He went back to Greenville, South Carolina, back to Southern Place. And he started a church with just three people. He bought, he bought a plastic curtain, plastic shower curtain and started church. Today, over 15,000 people. Now, he's, he has another one in, 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 in California or somewhere. In California. Something must wake up on the inside of you. Exposure. Cross-pollinate. 
I went and I sat down and I began to look at the Bible and said, some people have been lying to us. You can't be fighting all your life. You can't be doing warfare all your life. So when are you going to enjoy? I was raised up in a denomination where even when you are happy, it looks like you are sinful. And the day I discovered I can be holy and happy. Oh, I was very happy. <laughs> I can be holy and happy. Don't look at me that way. Let me, let me look at... I can't even see people's faces. Today we think spirituality, holiness must... That you have you are squeezed your face. You know, you are in the spirit. You know people like that. You always... I'm telling you things. So I want to free you. Because for some of you, it's like your spirituality is too dangerous. Like this man, every time... His children need school fees. He will be praying. And when they go, daddy is, I'm in the spirit. One day, the mother got fed up and went and said, honey, can you come out of the spirit and come and pay the school fees and when you are finished, go back into the spirit. Learn to cross-pollinate. Learn. I went to Fuller Seminary and I learned. I said, whoa. So there's a world that is bigger than my little Kofrodia town. Exposure. You know something? When you, when that, do, you, do you know one reason why we are not allowed to marry our brothers and sisters? Because inbreeding produces idiots. It's a fact. Inbreeding. Let, let, let the medical people tell you. Inbreeding produces idiots. You can't have children with your own sister. You produce, you, they will mutate into idiots. I was preaching in Houston, Texas, man of God. And I was doing ministration and this woman stood before me. The moment the woman stood before me, I looked at her and I said, uh-uh, I'm not touching this one. And everybody started laughing in the church because they know this woman. When I, anybody who tries to lay hands, the manifestations and things. I looked, the demons make a church. I told the pastor, me this one, uh-huh, it's you, it's your, your thing, do it. <laughs> it was funny. And then the pastor said, oh, please, have mercy. And that's okay. He said, let's go to their home. Man of God, I went to their home. And almost every child in the, in the house had a form of deformity. And almost every child. And I asked the pastor, what's going on here? And the pastor said, well, this one slept with his sister and had this. And this one slept with the uncle and had it. So it was like inbreeding. And they have had idiots. The reason why we have so many idiots in the church is because we are too self-contained. We have not exposed ourselves. Relationships, ladies and gentlemen, find somebody who doesn't look like you, who doesn't think like you, who doesn't walk like you, and learn some things from them. It is not good. You must have relationships in your life. Relationships, people of God. Am I talking to somebody? You must have relationships. That is why, listen, I, I know there may be pastors and things talking to us, and you know, he and I, we talk. Listen, if you are a prophet, somebody's looking at, if you are a prophet, find a teacher who can help you. If you are a teacher, find an apostle and submit. If you are an evangelist, find a pastor who will look after you. We must be able to have strategic relationships in our lives. That is why, that is why a lot of you are so short here. Listen, you carry a dream, but the dream needs somebody to help you. Am I talking to somebody? And I pray to God Almighty that tonight, as we lift up prayer, God will put a sound in your life. Because many times, it is sound that attracts. You have to understand that. People follow sound. The things that come out of your mouth will let people gravitate towards you or gravitate away from you. 
Never forget that sound. Somebody say sound. Say it again. Say it like you didn't rent your mouth. Say it like your mouth belongs to you. Sound. Church, sound. Something that comes up. Sound is powerful. People follow sound. And when you speak, it will let people gravitate towards you. Haven't you noticed that people are, who are so negative, people don't get to them? When people greet them and they ask them, how are you? And they start by saying, hmm, and then you continue before you. Because they are, if you are six foot, before they finish telling you their troubles, you are three foot. You can't be doing that all your life. I hope I'm helping somebody. I know, I, 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 know, I just promised myself it would not be shouting. That's why the other days you, you shouted, but this one, no, I want to talk to you. You need to speak your dream. Make sound about the dream. Declare it. Speak it. So it will attract the right people into your life. John, the baptizer, he had, he had disciples walking with him. And in John chapter 1 verse 37, if I can have John 1, 37 to 39. John's gospel chapter 1 verse 37 to 39, if we can have that. John and his disciples were there. The Bible says that the two disciples, that is John's disciples, they heard Jesus speak and they followed him. They had followed John all the while. But the moment they heard the sound that came out of Jesus' mouth, they realized that this is something we have to follow. What sound are you making? What sound are you making? What will make people who had three Ds? You know, we look for PhD, THD, but these people had three Ds. Everybody who is in debt, everybody who is in discontent, everybody who is in... Who, three Ds, they followed David into a, a, a cave. What will make them follow David? Because David sold a sound to them that one day greatness will come to us. Who are you in relationship with? The person in your life, are they making you or unmaking you? Please, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Your destiny is too important to allow wrong people into your space. When, if you look over your, don't look physically, but if you look over your shoulder in life, I said not physically, you are going to find out a lot of your troubles came because you trusted and you spoke to the wrong people. And listen, the one that you are busy trusting is busy talking to somebody you don't trust. When I turn around like this, it's called rewind. I'm rewinding the tape. <laughs> I said, the one you are busy talking to and trusting is also busy talking to somebody you don't trust. So you've got to be careful. Who is in your space? Who is challenging you? Yesterday, my wife and I were discussing, said it is time that we need to talk about this. Every year, the only time we didn't do this, even that we did online, was the COVID time. Every year, man of God, two times, we go to a conference. For, to a, I think I've shared it with you. At a place that we pray, nobody knows me. And go and sit down and learn. There are places I go and I feel stupid. Like what? This is church? Because like he said, I why, why should I carry Kofodia to Atlanta? What for what? There must as well sit here in Sukura. Because like he said, there are some things we carry with us. Where we go in our, I determine me, I will break it. And he saw it. I broke it. No, 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 no. There are some, no, it will not happen. I remember when we started, people were sending me letters. Why are we not singing Ghana songs? Why not? Oh, no, 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 no. One day, I went off. They, my people, they know me. Once every year, I go off. And you don't know which month I'll go off. So once I've gone off, they all know the rest of the year, they are fine. I intentionally go off. And I told them that, listen, I'm a Ghanaian. 
Thank God I'm a Ghanaian. If I had to die a thousand times and come, I want to be a Ghanaian. I'm proudly Ghanaian. I know you, don't, you are not looking at like that. Yes, I'm Ghanaian. I still have my Ghana passport. I proudly carry, travel with it. I love it when I present my Ghana passport at here, not anywhere here, but here. <laughs> I remember what the other day, this was, I said, uh, are, are you carrying another passport? I said, yes, but this is the one I'm presenting. <laughs> I, I, I am proud. God didn't make a mistake in putting me where he put me. But I told them that I may be a Ghanaian. But I don't belong to Ghanaians. You know how many people left me? Because I didn't like mediocrity. Do you know how many people? Let's, I, 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 you know it. I arranged my chairs in such a way. In church. At one time, intentionally did that. So nobody will have space to dance. It's leadership. Yeah, you saw that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, this one is even too big. People dance too much. Because uh, people would come and dance and dance I, I, in London when I was pastoring. People would dance and dance. And I remember I went to a church to preach. They were dancing. Man of God, they danced. I was dizzy. Then somebody would take 10 pounds and come and put it there. Play me this song. Then they start. Then I was sitting quiet like, hey. Then the moment they invited me to come and preach, the moment I started with the script, they started sleeping. Hey. So you came to dance. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't dance like that. No. We have about 26 different nationalities in the place. About 26 different nationalities. And I tell the church, I told my church, we speak only two languages in this church. English and tongues. If you can't do any of them, don't talk. <laughs> I remember somebody told Pastor, he said, my mother says she won't come to church. I said, well, I say, your pastor said we shouldn't talk. I said, yes, don't talk. You either speak English or you speak in tongues. I fact for that, don't talk. I, can, I, I know I have a sense of humor, but this thing is tough. Hanging around this thing. Because, listen, when you are a black person and you meet human beings, in their minds, they have already sentenced you. So why should I confirm their fears that we are stupid? No, 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 no. No. I will not, I will not confirm any fears. No. You can't do that. One time I drove into a church compound and I see this man, his car was parked. And... I went to park and I came back to him in the driveway and I said, sir, are you looking for something? He, 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 was he a white guy or something? And he said, well, I'm from Alabama and life is hard. I don't even know what to do, blah, blah. He went on and on and on. And I was just looking at him. And he said, you pastor here? I said, get out of the car and come. And I said, follow me. And I took him into the church and I took him to the church. He said, hey. And I said, you know where I come from? I said, where I was born, where I was born, well, it didn't appear on the most detailed map of my country. And if God has brought me, I, was, I said, I was born, where I was born. And it's truth, where I was born. You know, when I came to you for the first time, my father had died. And the prince, you know, I took some, the people from my church, I took them to where I was, the, it's, called, it's called modest maternity. It was next door to a drain. Yeah, she knows it. Next door to a stinking drain. And I told them that this is where your pastor, me, Frankie baby, this is where I was born. This is where I was born. I was born with my back to the ground, but that is not my background. <laughs> I rose up from that place. Am I talking to somebody? I, I, I hope I'm helping somebody. I determined that this is not where I will be because I carried a dream on my inside and I said, this dream will never die. And I told the guy, I said, me, where I come from, 
You have no idea. He said, he said, are you the pastor? I said, I'm the pastor, man. He said, wow. I said, is he African? I said, as African as can be. And I said, if I have done all this, and you were born in Alabama, and you are crying, you better roll up your sleeves and get up and put on some shoe leather and face the world every day with tears in his eyes. He said, can you pray for me? I said, sure. I laid hands by slapping his head. And I said, Lord... <laughs> Somebody shout! So you must, you must be a carrier of that dream. And then your relationships. Please, there are some people you must just remove their names from your, from your phone. I'm telling you. If I showed you my phone, there are some names. I don't even know who they are. I've removed their names and I put do not pick. Do not... Do not pick. I, I don't even have to know who is calling me. It's my phone. It's not yours. Oh, no, Ghanaians, you like phones. No, I don't have time for that. No, no. I just put your name. Do not pick. I won't pick your phone. And I don't, I don't you know, voicemails, people voicemail and that kind of thing. I don't have one on my phone. I left it generic. So what makes you think it's even my phone that you call? Because there are people who say, uh, hello, I'm sorry, I cannot take your call, you know. And I make fun. Like, there's nothing more annoying for me than somebody you have eaten fufu and bangu until your accent is set and you are trying to speak different. Praise God. <laughs> I don't know whether you are talking about the tribe of Israel, God, or the God of heaven. Praise God. Then you are, they are even preaching on the thing. Praise God. I'm sorry. I cannot take your call right now. But if you leave a message... You see, you see, you see, you see, you see that Shanti guy. You see that Shanti guy. Message. Now, if you there, there, ma 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 message. Ma message. <laughs> I promise you, we will reply you very soon. I don't leave anything like that. You call, you call the thing is generic, so you can't tell me it's mine or it's not mine. And I'm not under any obligation to return your call because I didn't give you a promise. Some of the greatest time wasters are people in your circle. Yeah. There are people in your circle. Let me tell you something. One day, one day, you will stand before God alone. Your greatest enemy is the clock. Every day I watch the clock, I know life is counting down. Whatever is gone, is gone forever. Let me, that is why anybody who does not respect your time does not respect your life. Anybody who does not respect your time does not respect your life. I told you yesterday. I don't believe in time wasters. When are you coming to see me? Oh, Pastor, between 12 and 1. 12 and 1, one hour, I'm sitting waiting. Prince will tell, I'll leave you. Oh, I've had armor bearers come to pick me to the airport. And I waited one minute. They'll ask me, Papa, what time are we? Is your flight? I, I, I don't tell them the flight. I tell them when I am leaving home. Now you make one minute late and see, you meet me, me myself, I'm driving my car to go and park. And they are following me with cars, begging, and I'm going. <laughs> they are watching me, they know it. They, it it's, they, I, no compromise. For me, I have, I have my own way of entertaining myself. You know how I entertain myself? <laughs> Tell you? Then that, how how does, does that become a secret? You call people, you want my secret too. You know how I entertain myself? Especially places that some people of a particular culture, they travel from. I, I check in early and I sit down and I watch them. It's my entertainment. 
They are always late to the airport, breathing hard. <laughs> Traffic, oh, please. Their luggage is always overweight. <laughs> and they are begging, oh, please, my grandmother died. Only one point. Can I take that? <laughs> That's my personal entertainment. I said, look at them. Look at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> I remember one time somebody saw me at the airport and said, Papa, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Ghana. He said, is that all your luggage? I said, ah, you are wasting luggage. I said, wasting what? <laughs> wasting what? Prince will tell you, I don't know, no. Every, I'm allowed so many bags. How many of them are my own stuff? No. But the African who pack everything, old Charlie Waters, things from Bronx, watch it from Bronx. <laughs> the, the, the prophet said Bronx, so not me, so I'm just copying him. I come to Bronx occasionally, so please, when I come, there is no me, it's him. Not me. I slept in a house in Bronx. All night, I couldn't sleep. All night. They put me up in somebody's home. Many years ago, and I lay on the bed. There was a wardrobe. You know wardrobe? And there were wigs on stands looking at me. And the shoes, the shoes, the shoes. And I said, how do people sleep here? Oh, the next day I checked out. I told the pastor, oh boy, I, I carry my own money. I'll sleep in my own hotel. This one there, no, 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 no. But listen, you need relationships. Amen. Let me give you the last one. This one, please be very quiet and lock into this because this is something that a lot of people don't talk about but this man i want to talk to you because if you are a dream carrier if you are birthing a dream a lot of people don't understand that you can't birth anything without pain so the third thing is that there will be pain i knew you'll be quiet that's fine i don't want any amen in this one because i want to talk to modern day charismatics Listen, when God signed a covenant with you, he did not write an adversity exclusion clause into it. Well, you feel that God is obligated to give you a pain-free life. Pain is God's megaphone that he uses to shout loudly into a stubborn heart. You will never go further in life than the threshold of pain you are willing to handle. Sometimes I go to places, prophet, and they say, oh, Bishop Frank is a gift. I tell people I'm not a gift. I am a result of pain. Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the pain. How much pain? Ask any woman what had natural birth. Tell you they went through pain first. So every dream, ladies and gentlemen, cannot be bad without, and the bigger the baby, the bigger the dream, the more difficult it is to deliver. I tell you, listen, never think you are entitled to a pain-free life. John 16, 33 says, these things are spoken to you that in me you have faith, you have confidence. For in the world, you will, not you may, you, a statement of, you will have trouble, you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Today, nobody preaches that. I prepared myself for this that nobody will say amen, and that is fine. Listen, if no pain was a sign of success, then the apostle Paul was never a great leader. I read about him, man of God, and the apostle Paul was talking about, he said, I, I was in jail. I was beaten. I was in the support. He said, yes, I wrote it. It's me. Today, preachers, when we travel, they check us into the best hotels. The apostles will check into the West Jail. I stood at the Memetim prison 
not, not far away from the Senate in Rome the other day, man of God. And the Mehmetian prison was a prison underneath a prison. Then I began to appreciate what these people went through to give us the Bible. It was from that prison, Pastor Ahmed, that he wrote 2 Timothy. And he was telling Timothy that, bring me the cloak. Why? Because they told us that that is where all the siwa, the siwa, the feces of Rome passed. And that was the prison he was in. God's man, not because he did wrong, but because he did right. He said, bring me the cloak. Because in the summer, it was murderously hot and the winter dangerously cold. And he said, bring me the cloak. I am tired. And he said, then bring me the, part, the books. A dying man is, is still asking for books. And you are living and you read the newspaper. A dying man. A dying man. And he said, the time has come for me to be poured out as a drink of rain. No, that is a euphemism. He says, the time has come for me to be beheaded. He wasn't coming back. And yet, triumphantly, he said, I know that I have kept the faith. I finished my course. Now, therefore, it's laid out for me a crown of righteousness with the Lord, the righteous judge, who give to me not only to me, but everyone who looks for his appearance. They celebrated their pain. Today, Christians, we have, we have, listen, I apologize on all of us who have taught you a wrong gospel. To think that you are, you are entitled to a pain-free life. Pain has majesty. Show me a champion without scars and I'll show you a champion who cut corners. The greatest man who ever walked this, this earth. Listen, pastor, he was man enough to carry scars. And was man enough to show his scars to the disciples. Celebrate your scars. Because scars are the mark of a champion. Scars, they speak. Scars are silent, doc, but they speak. Why? Because when I carry a scar, I am telling somebody that I've been wounded before, but that thing didn't kill me. When I carry a scar, I'm telling people that I went through this thing and so I know the experience. When I carry a scar, it is talking to people that I carry something. So the apostle Paul said, henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the scars of Christ. What are your pain? Today we go to an usher doesn't smile at you and you are ready to backslide. And nobody visited me. And I, listen, if you don't come to church for two weeks and nobody knows, you are irrelevant. Now said he will come and correct all the wrong things I said when I'm gone. I hope I'm not troubling your people too much. Today's generation, we are spoiled. Because we have taught you that pain is wrong. Even him did not escape it. Who for the joy that was set before him. He knew that he had to go through pain to get there. And Joseph, Joseph, he was going to feed his brothers. Many times people kill the messiahs that are sent to deliver them. That is what you and I go through. We kill our messiahs and after we finish them, then we build monuments when they are gone. You must learn to carry your pain with grace. People must see you five years later and hear your story and wonder. And you were dancing like that. Yes. Who taught you? Who, who, who lied to you, my friend? Who lied to you that this thing is easy? Carrying a dream. Listen, if being a champion was easy, everybody would be one. Whenever you see boxers receiving their titles, they've been through pain. They woke up when they didn't feel like waking up. They cut wood. They ran. They did exercises. Commensurate to where they want to go to. So today, like, I thank God for you. 
that everybody wants oil to be poured. How much oil haven't you received? You receive Makola oil, Mazola, uh, some of, all kinds of oil. And by the way, by the way, I, I don't think we have oil here. Listen, how much does a bottle of anointing oil cost in Ghana? How, many, how much? Ten cities. Ten cities for anointing oil bottle. I have a question. Do you know how you think the olive costs ten, ten cities? Ask the olive how it came out. And they will tell you that when they plugged it, they put it in fire. They roasted it. They stamped on it. They crushed it. That is why Gethsemane, Gethsemane in Greek, is oil press. The anointing comes with pain. You don't understand. You not get it. So when you see some of us going through the things that people put us through, it's not because we did wrong or we sinned. But it's the pathway to greatness. Joseph, he was going to feed his brothers. And they put him in a pit. P-I-T. Pastors in training. That is why this thing is called pulpit. We stand here and we pull people out of the pit. Because life can be painful. There are people small things, they advertise their pain. And they don't understand that no pain, no gain. Let me tell you something. Learn to celebrate your pain. The charismatic we have lied to you for too long. To the extent that sometimes we think God owes you something. Listen, God owes you and I nothing. He will come and correct it when I'm gone. But I have to tell you the truth. Somebody must tell us at, at 12, 12 years, somebody must talk to adults. Because that is how champions are raised. No church is, is ever raised on toffee. They are raised on bones. Sacrifice, pain, blood, sweat, tears. Pain. I remember when I came to Atlanta to start. I told my story. You know my story. I came to Atlanta with a pregnant wife. And nobody, I knew nobody in that city. Nobody. And I started. You know how I started? I was praying. I fasted, Pastor David, until I looked like a rake. One time somebody asked me, are you sick? And there's this pastor, any time you call my home, my children will say, daddy's in the basement praying. One day, say, ah, what at all is he looking for? And he's always praying. Until after many years, he came to see what I was looking for. So I am not a gift, I'm a result. Pastor, I want to beg you, I want to beg you, I want to beg you, I know my time is up. Can I just take about six minutes over? Please. I promise, can I? I beg you. Because Joseph, he went through some pains, let me tell you very quickly. And you have to go through them. Number one is the pain of misunderstanding. If you are going to carry a dream and bear the dream, you will be misunderstood. When Joseph talked about his dream, they misunderstood it. They were angry. They couldn't handle it. They didn't like it. Surprise. Some of you have been misunderstood. You have been punished. You have been misrepresented. You have assaulted and insulted because of what you carry. Determine that you will pass the misunderstanding test. You don't have to explain yourself to anybody. Let me tell you something. Nobody can misquote your silence. Nobody can misquote your silence. Sometimes just keep quiet and do it. 
Somebody asked me, Pastor, why are you not talking? Why not? I said, I'm not on trial. I'm entitled. Nobody can misquote my quietness. Number two, there'll be the pain of rejection. I'm running through this. The pain of rejection. Listen, when you carry a dream, you'll be rejected by people. Your family members, they can't, they can't stand the fact that you talk different, you walk different, you think different, you dress different, you act different. They won't like it that you don't fellowship with techies anymore. Because bad eagles are best of destiny. Let them reject you and carry it like a badge of honor. The pain of being rejected will be worth it one day. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I, I know people watch me a lot, but forgive me. I live in a city where my own people, a lot of them have rejected me. Somebody from Ghana came to visit. Somebody, I'll say it, you can listen to me. And the guy told that pastor that I want to go and visit Pastor Fuswapia. The guy said, when you go to visit him, don't come back to my home again. And the guy said, why? He said, he thinks he's too big. He doesn't fellowship with us. And I said, why do you expect me to lie down with dogs and get up with fleas? How do you expect me to fly with eagles when I'm fellowshipping with turkeys? Destiny is too important for me to waste my time with little minds. How long do I have to live on earth to spend all my time in frivolities? I don't chase fantasies, my friend. I'm a serious-minded human. I am disciplined. I can be funny, but undisciplined people don't do the things I've done. No. Sometimes my, my, my children will be going to bed, man of God, at 10 or 11, say that the good night, and I'm sitting in the study, it's next door to one of their bedrooms. I'm sitting there. They wake up at 3 to use the washroom and the lights are still on. I remember my oldest daughter, one time she would come and say, Daddy, what are you looking for? Go and sleep. And I'm still sitting. She wake up in the morning and I'm still sitting where I sat when she was sleeping. And I said, my dad taught me something when I was 10 years and I was going to boarding school in Elbury that the heights that great men reached and kept were not attained by certain flights. But they, whilst their companions slept, kept toiling upwards in the night. I'm a result. I remember days, man of God, that I have put my feet in ice so I won't sleep. Because I read in Proverbs 6 that do not give sleep to your eyes. So I turned to my eyes, not until I finish this, you won't sleep. I memorize scriptures by chapters. Don't ask, Papa, lay hands on me so that I can have this one. I say, you are crazy. You think everything is learned? I'll tap into you. You tap into what? <laughs> Dr. Otapi was teaching you. You didn't understand. People were insulting him. You tap into what? You are lazy. You tap into Somebody said, Papa, lay hands and give me a double portion. I said, the only time I read it, when somebody was about to die, do I look like dying? <laughs> I have many plans. Dying early is not one of them. Am I talking to somebody? Yes. This thing is getting interesting. There will be the pain of disappointment. Listen, you must learn to be disappointed without be, being offended. Sometimes those who should, should have helped you, they hurt you. Those who should have celebrated you, crucified you. Joseph had gone to feed his brothers. I wish I had time for that. But they put him in a pit. And you know the interesting thing, man of God, that when they put Joseph in the pit, the Bible says that they sat down to have a meal. Human nature. We get happy at the misery of other people. And for me, what hurt me, what hurt me in this whole story was that Joseph, when I look prophetically, there's no tribe of Joseph. He was part of the 12 of Jacob, but yet he had no tribe, no longevity. 
Reuben, you are the firstborn. You carry the double portion. And yet you are killing somebody who had nothing. What is wrong with you, Reuben? What is wrong? I look at Levi. Levi is there eating. Levi, out of you shall come the priests. You carry priesthood and you are killing somebody who has nothing. See, people who don't know what they carry, they destroy what other people have. What is wrong with Benjamin? Benjamin, out of you shall come kings. And you are killing somebody who has no longevity. Oh, Judah. Oh, Judah. Oh, Judah. 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 The tribe of kingship. Out of you, the ruler shall come. And you are killing somebody. But what they didn't know was that one day too, they will also sit at another meal. And that day, it will not be Joseph in the pit. It will be them in the pit. They tell us that one day, the charcoal seller's son will wear a white shirt. You wear it. <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me... Listen, it doesn't matter what people have taken you through the pain, but you have a dream. I read in my Bible, man of God, and I began to check things about the tribe of Benjamin. And I realized that a lot of people from the tribe of Benjamin were left-handed. They were left-handed. Most of the people in the tribe, from the tribe of, in the judges, in the, they, are, they are left-handed. Then it, uh, things like that bother this guy. It really does. So I began to search. Then it all started when Jacob, his wife, was about to die and gave birth to a son. And they called the son Benoni, son of my sorrow. But he changed and said, no, 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 he shall be called Benjamin, son of my right hand. So if they are sons of right hand, then why is everybody left-handed? Why? So I asked myself, is it by nature or by nature? Is it intentional or unintentional? And I said, I really don't know. But maybe there could be an explanation that maybe their right hand was very powerful in life. And because of that during war, they were attacked a lot. Because that is where their power was, the son of my right hand. So somewhere along the line, they got hurt, they got injured, they got broken in their right. But rather than giving up, they had to train their left to fight. Tonight, I don't know what disappointment and pain may have done to your right hand. But don't give up. Train the other hand to stand again. I said, train the other hand. Oh man, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Stand to your feet, stand to your feet. We'll talk about that another time.